Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Am I on now? There we go. Now we're on. Okay. You can still hear me though, right? You could, yes. Praise the Lord. I think I'm a little hot though. If you could turn me down a little bit, that would be good. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's better. Hallelujah. Um, as we were doing that confession, <laughs> just reminded to, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. Oh my gosh, it's coming so fast. 21 days. <laughs> and um, that, you know, God has a supply for your Christmas. God has a supply for your Christmas. Some of you are believing God for money. You're believing God. You want to, maybe there's gifts on your heart you want to buy your kids. And so I'm, I just want to pray over that right now because, you know, God can bring money, bring you finances. Someone could give you a gift card. I don't know how he can do it. Give you favor. But he'll give you everything you need if you, if you will try to, if you'll access it. Because the supply's already there. So, Father God, I thank you right now for a full supply for everybody's Christmas, everyone at the River Church. I thank you that they have a full supply, all the money they need, um, the deals uh, that, they're, uh, that you can provide for them, Lord, the things that they're looking for, they will find them. I thank you, Father, because we are your people, and the blessing of the Lord is on your people. And I thank you, Father, that we don't have to go without, so we refuse to go without. I thank you that the blessing of the Lord is on each family and everything they need for Christmas, it comes. Say everything I need for Christmas. It comes to me and my family in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And everything the church needs for Christmas, it comes in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, Pastor Nancy said some things on, well, she said a lot of good things, <laughs> but she said some things on um, Friday night that um, really caught my attention. And um, one thing she said is some of, you know, we, we sow seed, we have seed and, you know, we're, we're, pros we're prosperity people. I'm paraphrasing. And then we ask, where's my harvest? Where's my harvest? And um, because we're sowers, right. we're tithers, yes. and we're not seeing the harvest. She said, some of you may not be seeing the harvest like you ought to. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to talk about the soil of your heart. And um, because she said, you know, you can have good seed. The word is the seed. Say the word is the seed. So the word, whether you're reading it or you're hearing it, it, it's seed to your life. But you can take good seed, she said, and throw it onto the dirt. But if the dirt isn't any good, it's not going to grow. Right? So you can make all the faith confessions you want. She said you could pray and fast all you want. But if your heart, the soil of your heart, isn't healthy, the seed's not going to grow. So you could even give. You could even tithe. You're believing God for your harvest. But your heart, the soil, is hard. There's thorns in it. There's cares, anxieties. There's unforgiveness. And we wonder, where's my harvest? Well, the seed can't grow in soil like that. Right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Amen? So the word I'm about to preach to you, I heard somebody say this and I love it. The word I'm about to preach to you is hazardous to your carnality. It means your flesh. It's going to, um, you know, the word always prunes away things. It gets rid of the stuff that we don't need, right? We're not car called to be carnal Christians. The doctor used to say, don't be a carnal bucket. Praise the Lord. Um, but what we're about to hear will increase our prosperity if we'll accept it. Amen? Because God wants, she talked about the blessing of the Lord. She read from Deuteronomy 28. Let's open our Bibles to that. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. As you're turning there, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me um, November 11th. I wrote it down in my journal. He reminded me of it last night and this morning. Um, he said, uh, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord and not unto man. Whatever you do. You're not doing things for your pastor. 
You're not doing things really for your husband. You're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it for the Lord. You're not doing it for your spouse. When I do things, this is what the Lord was teaching me, reminding me. You hear the word all, you know, for years. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to actually take it and like, okay, I really have to apply this, right? He said, when you serve your husband, you are not serving him or doing it for him. You're doing it for me. When you serve in the local church, you know, oh, we're going to show up. Pastor needs us to be there. Really? You need to be here. No, you're the one who needs to be here. You need what your local church has. I need what my pastor has. So when she's here, I'm like, I'm showing up, right? I'm not there like, oh, you know, she needs me. I mean, yes, you, you want to be a supply. Yes, you want to bring a support, you know, be a support to them. But no, I need to be there. I need to be in the local church. I need to be in the house of God. I need to hear the words coming from my man and woman of God. I need to be there. I'm not coming because, oh, you know, they need me. No, I need to be there. My family needs to be there because there's answers for me there. So I need to be there. Amen. Amen. Okay. I want you to really think about that. But this is what the Lord said to me. The only way to win is to practice love. The only way to win. There's no other way. When you're in an argument, when you get into strife and you're trying to win, you're never going to win. You're never going to win. He's trying to win. She's trying to win. You're trying to prove your point. You're never going to win because there is no way to win except for to love, except for to forgive, except for to let it go. There's no other way to win. You're not going to win. You're going to go around in circles like a hamster on a hamster wheel. You're never going to win. I've told my kids, you can argue all you want, but neither of you are going to win because there's only one way to win, and it's to love. So go, I said, told my kids, grab their hands. Pastor Marcus and I learned this years ago. When you're angry with somebody, your spouse, grab their hands because, you know, touch is important. Say, I love you, I love you. and you did nothing wrong. It was my fault. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All the men go, amen. It was my fault. I'm the one who was wrong. You know, that, that'll put, that's a test to your flesh right there. Well, that's a test to your flesh. It's a test. You do it. Even when you think, you, made, you might even know that you didn't do any wrong. I remember Brother Copeland said that years ago. He goes, I say I'm sorry even when, I don't, I don't even know what I did. I don't know if I'm the one, I don't even think I did anything wrong. I was wrong. I take the blame. I take the blame. That, your flesh goes, I don't want to do that. Now remember what we're talking about, prosperity. The soil of your heart. We're talking about prosperity. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and he adds no sorrow. We're talking about we want God's blessings, we want the harvest, but we can't say we're sorry. We can't say I'm to blame. I'm the one who is wrong. Then the soil of our heart Throw the seed out, go to church, read your Bible, make your confessions. But the soil of your heart, it's not prepared for that seed. And nothing will grow. And then we don't get our harvest. I want my harvest. (laughs) I want the harvest. I've been tithing since I was 12 years old. I've been giving since I've been serving in God's house since I was 12. There's a harvest for me. There's a harvest for you. Not just sow seed, sow seed, and never get anything back. When you sow a seed, when you plant something in the ground, you expect to see it grow. But for prosperity to grow on the outside, our heart has to grow on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it takes, it's a, a mature person who can say, I'm sorry. I take the blame. You did nothing wrong. You owe me no apology. Mm hmm. Say that in our culture today. Right. I'm so offended uh-huh. what they did to me. You, you owe me an apology. That's the culture we live in. Yeah. 
Like you can't say anything. I can't believe they said that to me. Very um, just offended. Just get offended at the, the drop of a hat. You can't even look at somebody and they get offended. Well, that's true. So the Lord said, love, the only way to win is to practice love. Love finds no fault. Say, love finds no fault. Love finds no fault. We're not looking for dirt on somebody. You'll always find something wrong with somebody. You'll find something wrong with your pastor, with your leader, with your employer. There's always something. Why? Because we're human. No one's perfect. But we look to Jesus. What did I say earlier? Colossians 3.23. Whatever I do. I do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. Whether I'm serving my husband, whether I'm serving the local church, when I'm serving at work, I'm working, it's all for the Lord. It's all for the glory of the Lord. Amen? So you turn to Deuteronomy 28.1. The Amplified says this, If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, be watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. This is the scripture that Pastor Nancy read. Um, she said, be watchful to do. Be watchful to do all of his commandments. Amen. And she talked about us. We set the pace for our prosperity. We set the pace. Amen. If we don't have love in our lives, because you can have all the faith you want. You can have faith coming out the kazoo. But if there's no love, your faith won't work. And that's the truth. The Bible says faith works by love. Amen. So we have to take care of our ground. In other words, we have to take care of the soil of our heart. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to just read what she said. Do a soil test before you come to church. Do a soil test. Tend to the soil before you plant seed. You can put good seed in bad ground. Amen. Make sure you aren't disobeying God or harboring things before you come to church. Before you sow your seed, get out of strife. Keep strife out. Amen. Um, what came to me was, is there any bitterness in your heart? You know, you look at somebody and go, Ugh. do you hear their name and go, mm. you know, are there, you know, hurt feelings? I heard a minister say this. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> Um, the number run, one reason that people leave church <clears throat> is hurt feelings. Number one. And he said he's been studying this for like 40 years. He goes, and it's still over, I'm sorry, 45 years. And he said it's still the same. Number one, people have leave churches hurt feelings. Number two, they didn't get their own way. They didn't get their own way. <clears throat> number three, I thought this was interesting. They don't like the bathroom situations. <laughs> Oh my gosh, with all of the teaching and all of the training that we have had over the years, these are really petty. It's so petty. And, but basically, they got their feelings hurt. Listen, the enemy, there's a war going on. There's a war going on right now for souls. Jesus is coming back, and he's not coming back for a church that is um, hurt. He's coming back for a church that's whole. And God wants us to keep our hearts whole, to keep hurt feelings away from us, to, to keep them out of our heart. Proverbs 4, let's turn, let's turn to Proverbs 4.23. Um, you know, there is a war going on for, for souls, for the harvest, and there's a, but, the, you know, there's a spiritual war going on. And the enemy, he's going to try and gain entrance into your life wherever he can. He's going to try and gain entrance through, uh, wrong, ma mainly through wrong thoughts. You know, they looked at me funny. They didn't do what I wanted them to do. Well, you know, was pastor preaching at me? Because I know she kept looking at me, you know, when she was preaching. Well, most of the part time when I'm preaching, it's to myself. <laughs> I'm preaching to me. You know, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. Amen. Um, but I know that if God's talking to me about this, he's talking to you about it. And we have to do a self-evaluation. Is there, if I'm not reaping a harvest, because I'm a sower, right? If I'm not reaping a harvest, 
What's keeping my harvest? Where is my harvest? What's keeping it from producing? What's keeping the seed? I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying, making my confession. You know, I'm doing the word. Am I walking in love? Are there hurt feelings in my heart? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the, the life that you want, the life that God has for you. If you're not, we have to guard our heart because the enemy's trying to gain entrance. No one's going to guard your heart for you but you. You've got to keep your guard up. When someone comes around you and starts saying, I can't believe, and then, see ya. Because I can't allow that to come into my heart. When someone starts questioning, why did they do that? I don't understand why they did that. See ya. Because those kind of questions are coming from hurt feelings. Hear what I just said? Even towards your spouse. I don't know why he did that. Uh Uh-oh. Offense is trying to creep in. What's the enemy trying to do? Steal the blessing. He's a thief. John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is trying to steal the plan of God from coming to pass in your life. The plan of God for your life is prosperity. The plan of God is for you to have abundance, for you to have a home, for you to have money to give. But it's not to, like Pastor said, it's not to splurge on yourself. It's so you can be a blessing. So So we can get the plan of God done. So we can have our own building. Come on. So we... Praise the Lord. Um, Do more things. Amen. And we're grateful for this. We're grateful. This isn't our stopping place. Your house may not be your stopping place. If you have things that you're believing God for, maybe there's another home in your heart. God authored that. There's a building in the heart of pastor. God authored that. But we can't get into it by staying in strife. We can't get into those things if we're harboring unforgiveness. If we're harboring bitterness, if we're harboring resentment, do you know what people harbor? They harbor fugitives. They harbor a fugitive, someone who ought not to be there, someone who usually is a thief, a robber, they've done wrong, they harbor them, they hide them in their house. Don't harbor things in your heart that ought not to be there. And you have to... Remember, it's the little things. It's not all the big things. It's the little. Uh, They kind of looked at me funny. Uh, Why'd they do that? They didn't say that. It's the little things. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay and be poor. I don't want to. I don't want to pay. How do I say this? I don't. I don't want to get my own way so bad and forfeit prosperity just because I wanted my own way. If you're married, you, you deal with that because your flesh, your, this man, your flesh man wants its own way. Your flesh does not want to yield to God and, and an unrenewed mind really doesn't want to. That's why you've got to check your heart and then water your heart with the word. Because you can't do it on your own. You can't love someone unconditionally, the God kind of love, on your own. We need the help of God. We are completely, we should, we should be completely dependent on Him. Dependent on Him to help us. That love of God, the Bible says it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We draw on it every time you say, I'm sorry. I'm the one to blame. I was wrong. I'm the one who to blame. Every time you do that, you start to grow. And you do it again, and your love grows. And you do it again, and you grow. And every time you practice love, it gets easier and easier and easier. But if you never practice love, if you won't push push past the flesh, for everything in life, you're going to have to push past the flesh and realize my flesh doesn't want to do this but I'm going to push past it anyway Mm -hmm. because there's a bigger picture and it's not just me blessing me you know there are eternal lives attached to me walking in love 
me showing kindness, me being the light of the world. The Bible's called you the light of the world. You don't have to confess, I'm the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus, I'm the light of the world. Just be the light. Be the light. Be the kind one. Be the one to say, you, oh, someone's you know, older than you. Go ahead, you go first. You be the kind one. You prefer one another. You know, we serve one another. What are we doing it though? We're doing it unto God because we love God. But people are looking at us. Your kids are looking at you. Your kids are listening to what you talk about. If you're talking about people in your home, you're sowing seeds, the Bible says, you're sowing seeds of discontent. And if you're doing it in your home, your kids are hearing that. And you're sowing seeds of discontent in their heart. If it's about your boss, if it's about the police officers, I mean, it could be about anybody in authority. You're sowing seeds of discontent in their heart and it grows towards those in authority. And once something grows and you talk about it and you meditate on it and it grows bigger and bigger, it's hard, harder to pull it out. You can pull it out with the word, but it's gonna take more time because you've become practiced at um, grumbling, like Pastor said, complaining against people. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Say, not me. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're evaluating right now the soil of our heart. The Lord, like she said, the Lord's always dealing with us about something, right? But when she said that, I'm like, that's our answer right there. If we're not getting a harvest in this church, if we're not getting a harvest in our personal lives, um, and I'm talking finances, finances, finances. Okay, prosperity, no, you know, oh yeah, covers your relationship. Yes, it does, covers everything. But I'm talking about finances right now. We, listen, God doesn't need our money, but it takes money to get things done. And he's always looking at the heart. He's always looking at the heart. You know, when my kids did something wrong, I never, I always knew it was a heart issue. That's a heart issue. A wrong look, that's a heart issue. Wrong thought, that's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Rolling the eyes, that's a heart issue. There's something in your heart that's you've allowed to get in that ought not to be there. Right? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Kenneth Hagin said, anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. Anytime you feel mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. Boy, that helped me. I, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, no, no. I mean, I put on my makeup. Oh, you know, if I don't have the word on, then, you know, your mind can kind of, or if I'm not worshiping or praying or doing something, your mind can start going. You start thinking, and, I'll, and I, oh, no, no, devil. Uh-uh, I do not feel mistreated. I, I love them. The power of God's working. I believe the best of them. I refuse to be mistreated because I'm not letting you work on me. I'm not, I'm guarding my heart with all diligence for out of my heart flows life. Out of your heart flows life. So if your heart is, if, if life, if the life of God isn't flowing out of our hearts like it should, if we're not seeing the prosperity like we should, yeah. then we have to go back and check our love walk. Check, are there hurt feelings there? Is there bitterness there? Have I allowed little things in here and there? You have to evaluate yourself. Praise the Lord, because we're fighting. There's a battle. You know. <laughs> I heard one minister, I told Pastor Marcus, I'm like, this is good. I need to hear this. We all need to hear this. You know, yes, God wants us blessed and prosperous, but whoever said there wasn't a cost to it? Whoever said there was no sacrifice? There's a sacrifice. Oral Roberts suffered greatly. His whole family had. Because of one comment, he said, God is good. He said, God is good. And then he believed God for money to build Oral Roberts University, build the prayer tower, uh, you know, believed God for millions of dollars where kids could go and have a Christian education and got persecuted. Mm -hmm. Who said there wasn't a cost to serving God? That's right. Come on. Who said that people aren't going to look at you funny? Who said that you won't have to put your flesh down and choose to love them anyway? Who said? There is a cost. There's a cost to pay. And your flesh doesn't like the cost. Your flesh doesn't want to sacrifice anything. 
It doesn't. Your flesh doesn't want to sacrifice. It doesn't want to sacrifice that second piece of pie. Your flesh doesn't want to sacrifice the pride that you have to lay down to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I take the blame. It was me. That's a sacrifice. You're laying something down. You're laying yourself down. You're dying to self. Isn't that what Jesus did when he went to the cross? He died to self. He said, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, take it. No, no, no. It was the plan of God, though. The plan of God for our lives is love. It's prosperity. But there is going to be a cost to the flesh. There's going to be a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice to pay to get up and serve in the house of God. It's a sacrifice to get here on time. It's a sacrifice. It's one I'm willing to pay. Some people aren't willing to pay that. Well, where, where it shows where your priorities are. Shows where your priorities are. Praise the Lord. But when you, when you bring your sacrifice to the Lord, there's always a blessing. Think of Abraham who, who sacrificed his Isaac, the very thing that he loved the most. God will call us to sacrifice the thing we love the most. He will. He will. But there's a blessing to it. After Abraham did that, the Lord said, I will make, what did he say? I'll bless you, multiply you. He he made a covenant with him. Why? Because he was obedient to God. He obeyed God. It takes a person of faith. But, you know, if you're a real Christian, you're going to obey the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm totally getting off here, but... Um, so yes, we are in a war and souls are determined by our performance. Yeah. Yeah. Church attendance, supporting your pastor or not supporting your pastor, paying your tithes or not, getting over your hurt feelings or not. Souls are affected by that. People are watching your life. You know, Pastor Marcus always says there's people watching. You don't know who's watching. People are always watching you. They could be watching you for years. You may not even know that they're watching you your family, your friends. They're watching to see how you talk about people. Are you loving on people? Do you sit and gossip? Do you harbor hurt feelings? Because if you harbor them, they will eventually come out of your mouth. And if they come out of your mouth, your life will start to follow that direction. You know, I remember one thing our pastor said years ago when Pastor Marcus was going to Bible school. He said, your feelings will follow your words. Your feelings will follow your words. So when you want your feelings to change, then change your words. That's why I speak. No, I have already forgiven them. I love them. I let it go. Why? Because my feelings will follow what I say. And guess what? They do. And I love them and I bless them. And I know they didn't mean that. And I think I just probably looked at it the wrong way anyway. That's how I talk to myself. You have to. You have to, or you'll live with not enough. You'll always be short. You'll always be short. I don't want to live short. I'm not talking height. I'm talking, I don't want to live, you know, shortchanged of what God has for us. Um, you can't grow in love without growing in, you can't grow in God without growing in love. You have to, Pastor Nancy said this, you have to not take things personally if you want to be promoted. If you take things personally, that will give you something to get over. That will give you something to get over. Here's another quote from Pastor Nancy. If you're going to obey God, you're going to have to go against your flesh. And if you don't go against your flesh, you will always have less than what God has for you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, you know, there will be a sacrifice. Putting your flesh down, getting over yourself, getting over your feelings, getting over the pride, getting used to saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I was the one who was wrong. Now, I'm sorry, but, but you know, you did this. No, you know, no, I am sorry. Please forgive. That's one thing I did with my kids when they were little. 
I said, on. you don't just say you're sorry. You right. say, please forgive That's me. That's right. That's good. Very good. Please forgive me. I was the one who's wrong. Now give each other a hug. Praise the Lord. And then I would say, you are each other's best friends. They could have been fighting like dogs and cats. You know what I mean? I said, one day you're going to be each other's best friends. And they are. They are each other's best friends. But I spoke it over them all their life. And I taught them. And we're all still learning. We're all still growing, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's more for us. There's so much more for us and when we increase in love we'll increase in prosperity <laughs> decrease in love decrease in prosperity come on let's look at Colossians chapter 3 <coughs> so your heart is the soil and when you're sowing seed before you come to church before you you sow your tithes and offering you know before you're you're serving make sure you keep your garden your heart you're keeping your heart right. Amen? Because out of it flow the issues of life. Amen. Out, we could say this. Out of your heart flows your prosperity level. Your prosperity level is determined by what's coming out of your heart. What's in there? I need to check it. I need to do a soil test. You know, you know how they do the soil? And they're like, oh, we need to add fertilizer because the soil is not what it should be. Well, guess what the fertilizer is? It's God's word right here. You know what? I got to uproot some things. There's some bitterness in there. You know, I've been angry at this person for 20 years. How do you know you're angry? You keep talking about them. I remember Pastor, I remember Brother Hagin was telling the story how a lady said he had gone somewhere and he came back to his church and he goes, this lady came and said, you know, so-and-so, she did this to me and she did that to me. And he said, he said, Oh, when did this happen? He was thinking, I thought it happened maybe like last week. She goes, Brother Hayden, it happened like 20 years ago. He said, 20 years? 20 years? And people hang on to things. And there could, that doesn't mean that someone didn't do you wrong, but you forgive them. You let it go. Why? Because you're guarding your heart. You're, you're protecting your soil. But it takes the word, the fertilizer of the word, to get some things out. It, the, the word will, sh- you know, it'll shed light on what's in your heart. You know, every time you spend time with the Lord, you get quiet. Oh, he's going to show you something about yourself. Have your journal ready. He's going to tell you, I'm like, yes, Lord, okay. And he'll say, write that down. Yes, okay, I'll write it down. I'll write it down. Why? Because he's always dealing with us on something. Why? Because he wants us to increase. He's got the blessing. He has the prosperity for us. But it's determined by what's in our heart. Amen. Isn't that true with your kids? Isn't that true with them? Like, there's so much that you have for them, or maybe that there's so much that they can accomplish or do at school. But if they're not following the rules, they're not going to get there. That's right. Yeah, this is a, a biblical principle. Love is the key. Love is foundational. Love is foundational. My faith won't work without love. And to grow in faith, to grow in prosperity, I've got to grow in love. Right. You can't be a faith person, really, if you're not a love person. Right. You won't have any faith because it, it ain't going to work. I mean, it's in there, but it's like it's idle because your faith works by love. Amen. You turn to Colossians 3, verse 12. I'm going to read it out of the easy read version. God has chosen you, made you his holy people. He loves you. So your new life should be like this. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, patient. Don't be angry with each other, but forgive each other. Say forgive. Forgive. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love each other. Love is what holds everything together. (coughs) Couldn't we say this? Love is what holds your prosperity together love yeah I love the um, passion translation tolerate this is so good now this is just a what do they call this a paraphrase passion paraphrase but it says tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith you know not everyone's strong in the area that you're strong in 
but not everyone's weak in the area. You're weak in either. So when we come together, that's how it is in a family. That's how it is in a spiritual family. We all. That's how it is in a marriage, right? That's how it is in relationships. Some people, you're strong in one area, weak in another, but then there's someone, your friend, your husband, a church friend, they're stronger in this area than you are. But we all come together, right? So it says, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. I love this. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme. Love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. This last line is so true. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. We want to, you want to be spiritual? Walk in love. You want to be spiritual? Be kind when you're out in public. You want to be spiritual? Be kind to your spouse. No, that's true. That's true because God's looking. He's watching. And it's a spiritual principle. If you're not kind or walking in love, the blessings can't flow like they should. Because you're, it, it, they won't. It takes faith. It takes faith for those things to flow in your life takes faith to get into that next house that you're desiring to open that business that you want to open you know for the things that god has authored things that are in our hearts that you know we're believing god for it takes faith to get into those things god's put some things in your heart that people in the natural would they don't have in their hearts like why do you want to do that that's crazy why do you want that that's crazy why why god put it there because he's his plan is so much bigger. And when you're connected to God and the Holy Ghost, He shows you things. He puts things in your heart. You want to go to school to do this? God put that in your heart. Well, check with Him. But, you know, for the most part, there's a desire in your heart, a gift, a talent. He puts those things in there. And sometimes they're big. And you tell somebody, and they start going, ah, how are you going to do that? Well, then you told the wrong person. That's right. Don't be don't be telling everybody Come what God on. puts in your heart. That's right. Tell the people of faith that are going to stand with you. That's but right. it's going to take your love for those things to come to pass. Yes. It's going to take your love walk that's going to be tested when you go to Walmart on you know on a Friday night or Sunday. I don't know if they'll be there today because it's raining. But you know, I say don't go to Walmart on a Sunday. Or say, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna, your love will be tested. But will you pass the test? Will you pass the test when you're driving in the parking lot? And they're gonna have all these cars and they don't, they're going the wrong way and you're trying to get somewhere real fast. Are you gonna pass the test? Why? Because you passing that test determines your level of prosperity. How you talk to the banker, how you talk to the cashier, how you talk to your child's teacher. What you say about them, what you say about your parents, what you say about your pastor, what you say about the grand, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, how you talk, that determines your prosperity. How you talk about your boss, that, that determines your level of prosperity. It's not what I'm doing in church, it's what am I doing out there? Because you can be spiritual, anybody can be spiritual in church. Why? Because we're all in here. We got the right music. We got the right words. We got the right friends. Like, yeah, we're all in unity. Now, now go out there, and you're the only one in the staff room, not talking gossip. And then here's the test: you got to get up and walk out and leave some of your friends. But can you do it? Yes. Yes, you can do it. The love of God is in you. Or when someone comes and wants to say, did you see what they did? I can't believe. Are you going to pass the test? Because you're going to keep taking that same test. Over and over. You're going to go around that mountain like the children of Israel. They kept going around the wilderness over and over. And I'm, I'd be like, well, I don't want, I want to get out of this wilderness. It's been like 40 years. <laughs> they didn't get out. They died complaining. Why? They were not thankful. Let me tell you something. When you're not walking in love, it's because you're not thankful. 
you're not thankful for them. You're not thankful for the teacher. You're not thankful for the boss. You're not thankful for your spouse. You're not thankful for your family. When you're not thankful, you're not in love. And when you're not in love, it's because you're not thankful. When you're thankful, it changes your whole perspective. There could be a crowd of people in the Walmart parking lot. You're like, I'm so thankful I get to even go to Walmart so I could buy something. I'm thankful I have a car. I'm thankful that my heater's working. And if your heater's not working and you don't have a car, be thankful I got two legs to walk there or I have a friend to take me. And I'm thankful that God is working right now to bring me the car I need. I'm thankful that I know someone who who can supply every need and that's my Father God. I'm thankful I have knowledge of the Word that'll bring me out of any situation. I'm thankful. But when you're you're riding someone's tail, you're honking your horn, giving people dirty looks when you drive by, you know, <laughs> you finally get around them and you're like, you have to look over. <laughs> you give them the evil eye. <laughs> what are you doing? You just gave in to your flesh. You gave in again. You yell at your spouse. You just gave in to your flesh. You walk out, stomp, slam the door. You just gave in to your flesh. And every time we give in to the flesh, the flesh gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But every time we put the flesh down and we yield to the Spirit of God, we yield, what does the word say? Every time we put that flesh down, the spirit man gets bigger and stronger and the love grows bigger and the love grows stronger and we start to grow bigger and stronger on the inside and when we start to grow bigger on the inside then the prosperous life starts to flow because our heart is right and out of our heart is flowing the right thoughts we're not thinking wrong the right feelings we're not feeling wrong the right actions we're actually doing the right thing we pass the test until it feels good to pass a test Many times, Pastor and I, and especially this time of year, when you're around, you know, you could be around family members. Maybe you haven't seen them in a long time, you know? Or, you know, you got to go to Uncle So-and-So's house. I'm like, man, I want to go to his house again. He got to tell me the same story, or he's always grumpy, or whatever. Whatever you're, you know, this time of year, you got to pass the test. Got to walk in love. Be kind. Why? Because your prosperous life is connected to your love walk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's close with this scripture here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. So we're guarding our hearts. Amen. Passing every test. Say, I'm going to pass the test. I'm going to walk in love. Even was busy at Target. Busy at Walmart. I'm going to pass the test. Pass the test. Can you pass the test when you don't agree with somebody? Well, I don't agree with how they did this. I don't agree with that. Can I say this? Who cares? Who really cares if you don't agree? First of all, you're not even in their shoes. Right? Well, you know, if I was this, then I wouldn't do it that way. But guess what? You're not that. You're not the boss. You're not the teacher. You're not the pastor. You're not the cashier. You know, I'm trying to cover all the bases here. You're not your husband or your wife. You're not them. So you don't know what you would do if you were in their shoes. Right. Yeah, well, I would never do that. You don't know. Right. You've never walked in someone else's shoes. Good, You've never walked in their shoes. You know who said that? You don't want to know who said I'd never do that? The devil. I, I never, I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it my way. I'd never... You know, he got, he got disgruntled. He, he got discontent. He wanted to be in charge. Why do you think he wanted to be in charge? I, think, I don't think he liked how things were going. Why does someone want to be in charge? Because they don't like how things are running. No, I would never do it that way. That's what I think the devil said. I think he said, I would never do it that way. And he got kicked out of heaven. That's what the devil says. I'd never, I wouldn't do it that way. You better... We got to catch ourselves. Talking to myself too. We got to catch ourselves. That is not God. God doesn't. He, I'd never do it that way. No, that's between them and the Lord. If there's a situation you don't like how it's running, 
You take it to God, but you watch your heart. But you can put your trust in God knowing if something needs to change, you can put your trust in God. He'll do it. Too many times we try and change things by the flesh. Doesn't that just wear you out? Don't you just get tired? There's many times the Lord's like, you're trying to do it in the flesh. You're trying to do it in the flesh. And guess what? There aren't any results. Just keeps spinning. (laughs) Growing weary and growing tired. And you get frustrated because it's not working out how you plan for it to work because it's all in the flesh. There's no spirit involved. If you'll give it to the Lord, stop trying so hard and say, Lord, I have tried to make this happen. So, okay, I'm not, you know, when you finally take your hands off of something, God's like, it's about time. Thought you'd never let go. Thought you'd never let go. Just let it go. Give it to me. And then watch what God will do. Do you know how many times? And the enemy will try to have you pick it back up. Well, you need to do this, do this, do that. And he pressures you. Now, I'm not talking about the Spirit of God says, hey, do this. There's a peace to it. I said, there's a peace. He leads with joy and peace. But if it's do this, do this, get it done, and pressure, 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 that's the devil. There's a peace to how God leads us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14.1. We'll close with this. Hallelujah. I'm going to read out the Amplified. Eagerly pursue, seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Earnestly, oh my stapler's in the way here. Earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Okay, it goes on to say other things. But the main thing is eagerly pursue, seek to acquire love. The message says this. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Could we say this? Go after a life of love as if your prosperity depended on it, because it does. It does. Amen? Praise the Lord. Encourage myself today. going to show more love, walk in more love. And I'm going to tell you this too. The love of God is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force. Once you step into it, but you have to step into it. Like when you, just like joy, when you start joying over something and praising God, you, you draw it out. What you're doing is you're stepping into his joy. You're stepping into the flow of heaven. The same thing with love. When you start practicing love, you actually step into the flow of love. You step into the flow of heaven. There's like a, it's a supernatural law and you'll start seeing things change and you'll start to grow and you're going to be like, this is, this is awesome. This is, you know, love is peaceful. Love is peaceful. If there's no peace in your life, check your love walk. Amen. Amen. Now, if the enemy's trying to, he'll try and bring things too, you know. Got to get rid of those. But um, I'm just, I'm excited about what God has for us. And we're all going to walk in love and pass every test, you know. And sometimes the hardest, the hardest tests to pass are those with the ones that you live with. You know, here you are all nice and to the cashier. But when your husband gets home, You rip them to shreds. (laughs) You know, that ought not be. Because God's not looking. He's looking in your home. He's looking in your heart. He's looking at the center of, you know, your heart's the center of your life. It's the control center of your life. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? So let's just pray. Father, we just come to you today, Lord. come to you today father lord our desire is to serve you wholeheartedly with nothing hindering us nothing in the way of what you have for us and to be a light to the world father so if there's anything right now in our hearts 
Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal it to us, to show it to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we just let those people that have hurt us, we let them go. That situation, Father, we let that situation where there's been bitterness or offense, we let it go. Yeah, I thank you for your love, Lord. We draw on it. We draw on the love of God that's on the inside of us. We thank you for your love. We draw it out of our lives, Father. We draw it out. We practice your love. For it's in us. It's easy. It's easy to access it, Father. We choose to lay our pride down, lay our own selves down, what we lay our own desires and wants down, Father. We yield, yield to love. We're yielded. Say, I'm yielded. I'm yielded. If you mean it with your heart, say, I'm yielded, I'm yielded. to the love of God. The love of God is what controls me. The love of God is what controls me. Yeah, His love. It ought to be the controller. Helps you make the decisions that you make. Helps you say the words that you say. You know, when before you say something, think, how will this make that person feel if I say this? You know, tone's important. Your tone is important. Not just your words, but your tone. You know, are you being sharp and harsh? That, that's hindering your prosperity. It's hindering, it's keeping it back. You know, when, when Brother Hagen, I love this story, he told of a woman who had, um, they had a little girl and she had seizures. <clears throat> And this woman had been sitting in Brother Hagen's service. And he, um, he had said something about, you know, you can't hate your mother-in-law. You have to walk in love. And, um, and after the service, she was sitting with him eating. And she said, Brother Hagen, you said, about, you said I can't hate my mother-in-law, but I hate my mother-in-law. And he said, Sister? Are you sure about that? He goes, I don't think you hate her. He goes, say it again. Say it again. Say, I hate my mother-in-law. He goes, I, I, hate, I hate my mother-in-law. And I'm paraphrasing this story. Okay. I hate my mother-in-law. And, and he said, what, what was that feeling on the inside of you when you said that? She goes, it was like a scratchy, a scratchy feeling on the inside. Because you know, the enemy, he'll, he'll want you to hate somebody. He wants you to say it. He wants you to feel it. And he goes, that's, that scratchy feeling, that's the spirit. I think he said, that's the Spirit of God. Like, that, that's, that's wrong. The Spirit's God saying, no, that's not right. You know, when you do something wrong, you'll get a little like, mm, that's not right. A scratchy feeling on the inside. That's not right. I ought not to say this. I ought not to do this. And um, she was believing God for her son. I'm sorry, her daughter, who had had seizures. I think she was like two or three, and they took her to a, I don't know if it was Stanford or some kind of hospital, a, a very well-known hospital. And they told her, this is the, one of the worst um, cases uh, of seizures. She had them continually throughout the day. <clears throat> and make a long story short, he told her, you don't hate your mother-in-law. You love your mother-in-law. She's like, you're right. I do. I don't hate her. I do love her. You know, I do. You know when the devil tells you something? I know, devil. That's not true. I love them. I love them. And to make a long story short, she... He told her, she, he, she eventually came to her, I don't know if this was later, and said, will you pray for my daughter? And the Lord, and Brother Hagin said, the Lord told her, you don't have to pray for her, her daughter. You just tell her, I walk in love. So my faith, is, my faith works and my daughter's healed. And that's what she did. Completely. The seizures. I mean, she had, I want to say she had like multiple, like eight a day. I mean, just constant seizures. All left. No one even had to lay hands on her. What was it? The love of God. The love of God healed her daughter. You know what? The love of God wants to heal our finances. <laughs> it does. The love of God wants to heal our finances, wants to bring us higher. Amen. Say, I'm going higher. I choose the love walk. What time is it? All right. We're going to close. Before we do, um, I want you to open to uh, 
First Kings chapter four. Did we get help today? All right, now don't be going out in the parking lot yelling at your spouse, yelling at the kids, stop it! You know, now you may have to put them in check, but you know, you can be firm with your kids and not yell. Did you know that? You know, I never had to, not to say I didn't yell. I'm human too. But there are times I just give them the look. They'd be like, hmm. But, but I gave them a look because they knew I, I had something to back it up. When I got home, they knew what was going to happen if they got the look. No, they knew. Like, I, I wasn't a threatening parent. You can be a threatening parent. I, Don't do that. I'm going to spank you. If you keep doing that, I'm gonna, you're going to get a spanking. I didn't threaten my kids. I said, hey, you know what to do. Don't do that. I didn't threaten them. And if they did it again, mama followed through. Go to my room. You're getting a spanking. I never threatened. Don't be a threatening parent. Don't do that or you're going to get a spanking. You're threatening them. And then you say it again, you say it again. By They know by the third time. They could do it like two or three times because they know you're not going to follow through until about three or four times later. That's called a threatening parent or a bribing parent. If you do this, I'll give you this lollipop. Well, okay, that's just a little side note. Now, I'm not talking about positive reinforcement because there's some children they use that in schools I work in schools where we do that and you can only do what you can do so but I'm saying don't be a threatening parent though like follow through is what I'm saying I don't know how I got off on that what was I talking about I have no idea but follow through with your kids don't ah you're teaching them that they can disobey three or four times before you follow through and guess what else you're teaching them you're teaching them they can disobey God three or four times. That, that's not how God works. Delayed, diso- delayed obedience is still disobedience. So when you tell your kids to do something, listen, I, you know how many times I went to my kids and said, I am so sorry. I should have spanked you for that right away. Next time you do that, you're getting a spanking. Do you know how many times I apologized to my kids for not following through right away? Multiple. Because the Lord dealt with me and said, what are you doing? Or sitting on the couch while they're doing stuff and you kind of turn your head. I don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to finish watching my movie. <laughs> well, you're, you're setting yourself up for trouble. Because you're going to do that and it's, it's going to go on longer and longer and longer. Your kids will act the way they're acting the way they're acting is because you allow them to okay so don't be a threatening parent don't teach them delayed obedience right so I would say I'm gonna tell you something Sarah you're my kid Sarah I'm gonna tell you something Miss Sarah the next time you do that I'm spanking you the first time the next time you throw yourself on the floor you're getting a swat do you understand that yes mommy okay what did I just say I throw myself on the floor I'm getting a spanking that's exactly right I better not see it again and I'm sorry, I should have spanked you when you threw yourself on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you. You listen, the word works. But that's how God is. He's like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing holding unforgiveness in your heart? You better knock that off. You're holding up your prosperity. You're, this, this is all spiritual. When you're training up your kids, you're training them up in the way they should go. You're teaching them how to respond to God. When they tell you no... You just taught them how to respond to God. My kids said no to me maybe once. I honestly don't remember. Maybe once each. They got a spanking. I said, let me come over there. They said no to me. I said, what did you just say to me? Oh, no, that's how I talked to my, what did you just say to me? Because you don't say no to me. And guess what? They never said no to their teachers. You know why? Because they didn't say no to me. If they say no to their teachers, I know they say no to their mama and daddy at home. Here's another thing. My kids got in trouble at school. I said, you get in trouble at school, you're coming home and you're getting double when you get home. Oh, no. Pastor Marcus, there was a time he had to go to the school. Oh, you going to do something at school? Don't worry. I'll show up. They'd call. I remember Ethan had a couple moments. One time, he took an orange and stuck it (laughs) in the tailpipe of the bus. (laughs) 
sincere of you. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But there were, you know, you go through seasons with your kids. Oh, Pastor Marcus went to that school a couple times. He said, hey, they do something. You call me. I'll be right there. Oh, no, we showed up. We weren't the parents who's like, it's the school's responsibility to take care of my kids. Oh, no, it's not. It is not the, ki- the school's responsibility. If they're acting up, it's your fault. And as a teacher, being in the school, praise the Lord, this is my last year. Hallelujah. I've seen these kids where parents are like, it's the school's responsibility to take care of my kids. And those kids are terrors. Four-year-olds cussing, flipping chairs, walking out of classrooms. And teachers can't do anything. You know why? The parents don't back them up. And when the kids come home, when the kids come home, they tell, my teacher did this. What? Give me the phone. Let me call that teacher. No, it would be like, what did you do? Well, apparently you must have done something wrong if the teacher had to put you in a timeout. I'm sorry you had to tell me that. You're getting a spanking now. You had a timeout? Let me call your teacher. Okay, I'm going to get off of that. Hey, we have kids. You have kids you're raising. Bible says train them up in the way they should go. Don't let your kids slide. It's going to cost you. I remember one thing we took from uh, Growing Kids God's Way. They said if your kids aren't obeying by the age of five, if you train them up right, they will obey you. We'll take this off of the, 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 the video thing here. When, do you want to know when I gave my child their first SWAT? I know I don't beat my kids. I do not beat my kids. I loved them. And because I, spa- I loved them, I did what the word said and I spanked them. The first SWAT they ever gave, I ever gave them, they were probably about six months. They were laying on the changing table, getting ready, started screaming. Picked up that little leg. No. Don't you dare do that to me. You know why? Because they're going to go to nursery and they're going to roll off the table. That's when they got their first swap. That little rebellion right there. Lifting up their leg. No. I had to do that a couple times when they were six months. Mm -mm, That was it. They didn't do that. I never had a problem changing my kids' diapers. Or putting clothes on them. Throwing a fit. Little swat on the bottom. Uh Uh-uh. Now. I gotta stop. I don't know why I get Praise the Lord. The word works though. And your life, your home will be peaceful. I think we were talking about peace. Your home will be peaceful. But you are the enforcers of peace. If your home's not peaceful, if your kids are a terror, I'm talking about everything is. Here's another thing. I didn't take all the stuff off my coffee table. No, that's my coffee table. That stuff stays there. Don't touch it. Don't touch that stuff on that table. Why? Because I knew we were going to go to someone else's house, and I wasn't going to ask them to take everything off their coffee table. I'm not going to do that. No. We're going to go to someone. Getting in cupboards? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Don't do that. Because I know when we go to someone else's house, they're going to go open up all their cupboards. (laughs) You've got to think long term. What you allow them to do in your home, they're going to do at their school. They're going to do at someone else's house. And then you wonder why no one wants to babysit your kids. Now, if you're, we're believing God for your kids because of other issues, that's different. We still follow the word. We still do the word. There's a grace for that, right? Okay. But I'm not talking, I'm talking about kids that are like, you know, they know the rules. They know what they're doing. That's what I'm talking about. Just want to make that clear. Praise the Lord. First Kings chapter four. God wants us to be blessed, peaceful, and prosperous. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's good. Come on. I'm gonna tell you when you start doing the word with your kids. At first, it's gonna be hard because you have to be consistent. You can't look away every time. Every time. Every time. There were times Pastor Marks would come home and I'm like, I feel like I've been spanking all day. And my little spank was a little spank on the bottom. And if they went, like they were mad, I'm like, oh, you you get another one. No, it was a, when by the time they were done, a little spanking, and it was a, huh, a soft cry, I knew there was no rebellion. 
but we know when you spank and they're like, and they're throwing a fit. Now, you be led by the Lord. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. That's just what we did. I'm not telling you you have to do that. But if you spank, if you do spank, give a little swat, they throw a fit, they're rebellious. Yeah, always on the bottom. And then when I was done, restore. Now, Mama loves you. Why'd you get a spanking? Because I do. That's right. Let's pray. We would ask, Lord, let's ask Jesus to forgive us. And we would say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me. And I, they repeat after me and say, Please forgive me for, you know, yelling at my sister or hitting my whatever. Okay? In Jesus' name, amen. And I'd love to say, I love you. You're, you're good. My must just training you up in the way you should go. So when you're old, you won't depart. <laughs> Hey, because when they're old, I got a, I got a verse I have to, I have to cling to. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. First Kings chapter four. <coughs> Praise the Lord.